Hi, Scott and John here. Yeah, folks, the world is fast approaching the end game, and we are trying to expose the upcoming deception before time runs out. We want to make this a full-time goal, and we need your support to fight the satanic global elite. So here's how you can help. Subscribe to the new Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast to listen to every episode ad-free. Plus, get full access to our special guest interviews and special events, downloadable show notes, our Bible Mysteries monthly newsletter, and access to a new community forum. Sure. So just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com or you can click the uh, link in the show notes to get started today. Thanks again. Welcome to Bible Mysteries. You're listening to Episode 18, The Tower of Babel. What if there are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know? Are you ready to take the red pill? And now, here are your hosts, Scott and Zena. Well, welcome once again to Bible Mysteries Podcast, the show that teaches you the things in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know. I'm here with Zena. Hi, guys. She's back. We missed you. I am back. <laughs> well, we're so glad you're back here. It's uh, I'm not as exciting without you. Oh, stop. <laughs> uh, I've got all kinds of hate mail from people saying, what did you do? Where is she? <laughs> <laughs> I highly doubt that they were just like, oh my God, keep going, Pastor Scott. <laughs> well, we're so grateful you're here, and this is the new year. We are starting 2021 right. I know. How exciting. We, we all made it. We all made it. We made it through 2020. It was awful. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It made us, you know, be grateful for what we have and remind us that to always have hope and keep our faith in God. Amen. Well, we're going to do that too, and we're going to start the year right. I uh, told them last year... Uh, that we were going to get into the Satanic Global Elite. And our first episode of the year, which was last week, was just an overview about that. Mm -hmm. So we're going to get into doing the best we can to sort of reveal, give information, expose, give some um, insight to the mystery behind them. And today we're going to start by going into the past because we're laying a groundwork. You know, who are these people? We don't know their names, mm -hmm. but there's types in the Bible we've seen several times. We yeah. see the patterns, and uh, we see what we learned about, uh, remember the book of Ezekiel, that there's no new thing under the sun. Very right? true. So we're going to refresh our listeners' memory about that, but we're going to start with the passage that I like to use to help people get a grasp on global things, politics, who runs the world, corporations, control. We've said it more than once before. You and I both have talked about it. How come we, no matter who you vote for, nothing ever really changes? Right. Very true. It doesn't get better. And I contend that things don't happen by accident. You know, like this week in the news will uh, be old news by the time people hear this, but there was an explosion in Nashville. Really? Yeah, there was a strange thing. It was They're saying now it was like a suicide attempt. But it was an RV remotely detonated, apparently. I know. And um, on Christmas Day morning, 6.30, downtown in Nashville, where almost nobody would be around. Yeah. So what? who would do that? What was the attempt? What was the purpose? to? And, and there were warnings. There was like a loudspeaker warning people to stay away or something. What? Just crazy. That is. And, and so you go, okay, why would anybody do that? If somebody was going to take, and I'm not giving anybody tips on suicide, obviously, 
But uh, if a person wanted to just take their life, they generally aren't interested in taking out other people with them. Right. That's a psycho killer. You know, that's mm -hmm. a mass murderer. That's somebody that goes and then they kill themselves at the end when they feel like they can't do any more damage. Yeah. And then why would they warn people to stay away? Yeah, they, the psychos never warn people. They just no. start shooting a school or they start shooting a movie theater or something. Very true. Whatever. And they have some agenda that they posted online somewhere. But what's funny is after the fact, when the dust settles and we start looking at the details, you know, the, the news media moves on. They give their report. They say, oh, it was a lone gunman. And then all the forensic evidence says, no, it wasn't. There was something more. There was an agenda there. And there's these things called false flags. False right? flags. False flag operations that are sometimes done by a group. It could be a, a military group. It could be a, a, a governmental group. It could be a crazed group. It could mm -hmm. be a private group paramilitary, who knows? And oftentimes we find out that they were behind these weird things, but the media never goes back and revisits that. And anytime you stand up and say it was this, they go, oh, you're a conspiracy nut, right? Right, like it's like they're like, okay, we've, we're done with it, let's yeah. move on. Like, but there's all of these like black and gray, like hush, right. move on. Don't question the official narrative. When the media tells you what it is, that's the truth and you move on. Yes, yeah. like whenever you go on Google and you search all <laughs> everything that's going wrong with you and you go on Dr. Webb and you have COVID and it's just a cold <laughs> or something. Right, oh and gosh, Dr. Webb MD, boy, that's been one of the, <laughs> Everybody that ever was a hypochondriac loves that. Oh, you know? my God. I'm like, oh, my God, I have cancer. And it's like, no, you just have the flu. Like, calm down. <laughs> well, so we're, I say that there's nothing ever happens by accident. Yes. There are accidents, of course. Mm -hmm. you, know, you can step off the curb and get hit by a bus, right? And that's time and chance. Everybody experiences that. But when you look at the global scheme of things, you know, there's, there's people manipulating the scene. Yes. They're trying their best. They don't always succeed, mm -hmm. but they've been doing this for thousands of years. And I base everything on Luke chapter four. So we, we kind of read this before. We're going to read it again because it was Jesus right before he began preaching. He was 30 years old and he went and fasted for 40 days in the wilderness. Yeah. And then the devil tempted him during that time. Now, you're going to recall this was one of the temptations because we've talked about this before. It's verse 5. And the devil taking him up into a high mountain showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment mm -hmm. of time. You remember this? I do remember this. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee and the glory of them. For that is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will, I give it. If thou therefore will worship me, all shall be thine. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan. For it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. So Christ rejected the offer. As but, he should. But he didn't challenge the premise. Mm -hmm. All this power is mine to give. All the kingdoms of the world shown in a moment of time mm -hmm. and the glory of them. They're mine to give to whomsoever I will, I give it. So people who have power, kings we'll call them, even though their titles may be different, are in power because Satan grants them this power. Okay. Or, or the Bible's untrue. Right. So I would pres I would surmise from this that Satan is the God of this world. He has the ability to grant power and authority to whomsoever he will. Jesus turned the offer down, but more mortal men don't. No. Natural men don't. And so kings and authority and whatever, whether they are fully aware of it or not, generally speaking, are in line with Satan and his agenda. Mm -hmm. Now, I believe that there is a group today that are in line with his agenda intentionally. They know it. Um, we were talking about the book of Ecclesiastes 
nothing new under the sun. Mm -hmm. And we're going to see that there's been a type of this satanic global consolidation of power in the past. Okay. And they're trying to do the same thing again. We're going to kind of see what, why, and what's behind it. So we'll refresh the memory of uh, our listeners again from the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 1, and verse 9. The thing that hath been, it is that which shall be. And that which is done is that which shall be done, and there is no new thing under the sun. So if we are going to believe Scripture has truth to it, we can take these things and we can rely on them or at least use them as the basis upon which we're going to investigate, okay? Is there no new thing under the sun? Has there been a satanic global elite controlling the world in the past? Because right. if there's no new thing under the sun, it's already been done before. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're going to look at. So we start with a guy. Have you ever heard the name Nimrod? I feel like when people use it, it's to uh, insult you. Yeah. Like, oh, don't be a Nimrod. Right, right. Like you're <laughs> stupid or something, right. goofball. Right. And believe it or not, he's everything but that. What? Nimrod was a mighty hunter before the Lord. So are you saying that this whole time they were complimenting me? Did you ever get called a Nimrod? I did. You should slap them and say, <laughs> I'm not a rebel. <laughs> His name literally means the rebellious one. Oh, <laughs> So even though we say it as though you're you're just a goofy person, mm -hmm. uh, he was actually the first one after the flood of Noah who began to build kingdoms in the Bible. And so we'll read about him in Genesis chapter 10 because it says in verse 6 that the sons of Noah were three sons. He had Japheth was the elder, mm -hmm. he had Shem, and the younger was Ham. Now, you might remember Ham was the father of Canaan. Yes. Who later on, the country named after him was filled with giants. Very true. Okay. So uh, Ham also had some other sons. Uh, the sons of Ham were Cush, Mizraim, and Put, P-H-U-T, and Canaan. And interestingly enough, from those four sons came four different countries. Cush developed into Ethiopia. Misraim into Egypt, put Libya, and Canaan was Palestine. Yeah. The Canaanites, right. So they covered a lot. They were big kingdoms at, mm -hmm. at one point in time, you know. Okay. And he goes on to talk about the sons of Cush, where Seba, Havilah, Sabta, Rayama, and Sabtika. And the sons of Rayama were Sheba and Dedan. So they focus on one of the sons of Ham, Cush. Cush begat Nimrod. He began to be a mighty one in the earth. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Wherefore, it is said, even as Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord. So there's something about that phrase. Nimrod was so renowned. Mm -hmm. He may have been a person of other lore of other countries' history, and they gave him different names. Like he might have been Gilgamesh from the uh, Sumerian texts and things like that. Uh -huh. But the Bible calls him Nimrod, and th that word really means rebel. And it says in verse 10, And the beginning of his kingdom was Babel, and Erech, and Akkad, or Akkad, and Kalni, and the land of Shinar. So we're going to talk about the land of Shinar, mm -hmm. particularly because we're going to find out that the Tower of Babel was built there. So Babel was the beginning of his kingdom. So when we get to the thing about the Tower of Babel today, Nimrod was the guy that was heading that up. 
He had other kingdoms. He had other cities, Iraq, Akkad, and Kalne. And we're going to investigate what those words mean. Babel, interestingly enough, means confusion by mixing. Confusion by mixing. And we're going to come back and address what that could possibly mean. Okay. Because we're not talking about mixing as in the sense of like ethnicities because there's only one. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're still brand new after the flood. Yeah. All the genetic components of all the different ethnicities existed in Noah and his sons, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't believe Noah had three sons of three different colors, you know. I was going to ask that. Did yeah. he? <laughs> he didn't. They would have probably all been reddish-looking people because mm-hmm. Adam, remember, was a red man. Yes. But the components of all the different traits of red hair, blue eyes, dark skin, light skin, fair complexion, red, you know, whatever, all the, all the different things that we have as a humanity were all within them, mm-hmm. you know. Evidently, when they settled in different regions, certain traits became dominant and certain traits became recessive. But okay. they were always there. Okay. They're, they're, we're all human beings. We have red blood, yeah. <laughs> right? Like Coretta King says, like Coretta Scott King. So uh, she says she doesn't believe in races. She believes in the human race with different ethnicities. Mm-hmm. And that's really what the Bible points out. So... Whatever came dominant in a region, it could have been different things. It could have been environmental factors. There could have been weather factors. And as people gathered together of a particular trait, one trait would become more dominant. And it's just how it's just how you, you can do the same with animals. You know, yeah. if you breed them a certain way, you know about dogs, right? Mm-hmm. So um, another city that was his kingdom was Iraq, and that means long. But it's also the Uruk of the uh, Sumerians, perhaps, or the, uh, another group. So Bible calls it Iraq, but it's the same city with a different spelling in another language. Okay. And that's where he might have been Gilgamesh, because Gilgamesh was known to be the, the guy that started Uruk. And Gilgamesh was a Babylonian tale of the sky that was a mighty hunter. <laughs> oh, okay. A Nimrod. <laughs> right, a Nimrod. Akkad means fortress. And there's another, and it, it was either the Akkadians or another group from that ancient, ancient history, that uh, there was a man named Sargon, and he could have been Nimrod in their tales. So it's just different names for the same person, probably. Okay. And the legends got turned and twisted mm-hmm. and over time, you know, that kind <laughs> of thing. Kalni also means fortress, it's another city, but it means the fortress of Anu. And Anu was the chief god of the Akkadians. And so Akkad was the city from which the Akkadians grew into an empire. Mm-hmm. And they, the spelling is different with two Ks instead of two Cs. But Shinar is the country of two rivers, and all these cities were in the land of Shinar. So the two rivers are the Tigris and the Euphrates. It's Mesopotamia. Okay. So Shinar essentially is, is Sumer and Babylon, the Assyrian Empire. Okay, of old, mm-hmm. right? And like, as I said earlier, Nimrod means rebellion. You've got the rebel against God building cities, fortresses, in, in a place of confusion mm-hmm. by mixing because one of these cities, Babel, was something that got God's attention such that he had to come down and stop what they were doing. Well, I want to know what they were doing. What were they doing? Okay, so that brings us to Genesis chapter 11. So now that we know that Nimrod was the guy that started Babel, we get the backstory. 
Chapter 11, verse 1 of the book of Genesis says, and the whole earth was of one language and one speech. So there was a time when there weren't any other cultures or languages. After the flood, whatever Noah and his son spoke, that was the one language. Okay. Right? And they all knew the same things, you know, they, whatever their culture was, it was the same. Now, Noah was a godly man, but his sons might not have raised their kids to do the right things. And as they grew up, they became rebellious, like Cush gave birth to Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord. Mm -hmm. So evidently the truth of Noah didn't stick right? <laughs> to all the grandkids and great grandkids. <laughs> but they're of one language and one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar and they dwelt there. So there's the land of Shinar again. As we understand it, the ark of Noah after the flood came to be settled in the mountains of Ararat, which is in Turkey. Okay. So if they traveled east, they went actually southeast to where the the two rivers are. You know, they left the mountainous region. Can you think about it? It's easier to live in a plain than mm -hmm. it is in the mountains, right? Right. <laughs> so they were probably looking for a more hospitable, fertile area. And that region between the rivers is very fertile. And that's literally what Mesopotamia means, land between the rivers. It's Shinar. It's the same thing. So they dwelt there, and they said one to another, Go to, let us make brick and burn them throughly. And they had brick for stone and slime they had for mortar. So in other words, they were in a region where they could take mud from the land between the rivers and make bricks. So they would bake them to make brick. Okay. Like a kiln, right? And they had slime for mortar. I'm not sure what slime is, but it could have been something like um, a, a sticky substance that was, it could have been a, Oh, what is that? It's like a clayish mud type stuff that you could use. Mm -hmm. And it says, and they said, go to, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven. Now, I know that given the slime and the bricks that they were using, technologically speaking, they probably weren't building something nearly as tall as like the Sears Tower. Or the World Trade Center, or right? even the Empire State Building, for that matter. So you got to think: Were they going to reach unto heaven in in geometry, physically speaking, or was it such a tall building that it left the atmosphere? Yeah, I don't believe that's true. So the meaning of reach unto heaven must have something else. It still could have been tall. You mm -hmm. know, it still could have been something that was tall for the time. But the pyramids are tall. Yes. You know, I mean, they're very tall, too. Uh, I don't know if they even got that high. We don't know because it's gone mm -hmm. because God stopped it. But whatever it was, if you think we build skyscrapers now that are tall, God doesn't stop and interrupt the building of skyscrapers. Yeah. So they said, let us build a city and tower whose top may reach unto heaven and, and let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. So they were concerned that they would be scattered abroad on the face of the whole earth. Mm -hmm. Why would they be worried about that? You have to wonder. Were they doing something they weren't supposed to be doing? I think they knew that. I think I agree with you. They must have been doing something they weren't supposed to be mm -hmm. doing, and they must have been concerned that the, that the punishment for getting caught would be to be scattered abroad right? upon the face of the whole earth. And so you have to ask, why would they even think that was the punishment? You know, and uh, there's something about the Bible that talks about the stars in the heavens. Mm -hmm. And so we have constellations and we have stars. And uh, believe it or not, 
the Bible says in the book of Psalm chapter 19 that the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech and night unto night their line has gone forth into all the earth. So you think line, speech, utterance, showing the handiwork of God. Before there was a Bible, men could look in the stars and see prophetic things. Really? That God was talking about. You know, I think men could still do it today if we knew what mm -hmm. we were doing. But you think about a guy like, say, Abraham living out in the desert, you know, in the middle of the night, and there's no electrical lights anywhere. No. He could see stars like Marfa out in Texas, you know. Yeah. He could see stars like we can't even imagine on a clear night, you know. So imagine what he could see and any other person at that time. Mm -hmm. So is it possible that they were reading the stars in a bad way, like they had astrologers, they had whoever they were, wise men, you know, mm -hmm. for, for the group of people here that were saying, yeah, the way we read these stars, it looks like God's going to punish us if we do this thing. You know? It's like, then why keep doing it if you feel like you're going to get punished? Exactly. So their idea was, so what we'll do is we'll build a tower to make a name for us. We'll build a monument to ourselves. And we know that Nimrod's behind it, and he's a rebel. So the very idea is this was a rebellion against God. Mm -hmm. So um, let's read the rest of the story so we'll get what happened, because like I said, it got God's attention. Verse 5 says, the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the, um, the children of men builded. So it's not just a tower, it's a city and a tower. It's going to be wholly dedicated to something. Oh. And when we think about that region, and we talked about those words of those cities, you know, Akkad, Kalni, Shinar, Babel, and um, uh, I forgot the other one already. <laughs> but uh, they all mean something. Um, and uh, they, they are all tied back into the gods that these peoples used to worship. The Sumerians, the Akkadians, the ancient Babylonians all mm -hmm. worshiped these gods, which eventually became the gods of Egypt, which became the gods of Greece, which became the gods of Rome. So all the names that we know as like Jupiter, Saturn, Mars, mm -hmm. are Ares and Zeus and um, uh, whoever from the <laughs> Dionysius, you know, mm -hmm. from the Greeks, they were different names to the Egyptians, Horus and Ra. They're the same people, okay. the same gods. Fallen angels pretending to be gods to lead, lead men astray from the Lord mm -hmm. so they'll worship Lucifer. I, <laughs> that man just does not give up. <laughs> so uh, the tower would have been directing something away from God and it's rebellion and it was doing something that God didn't want because he said, the, behold, the people is one. The Lord said, and they have all one language, and this they begin to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Think about that. Nothing would be restrained from them that they imagined to do. So this group of people led by Nimrod are doing something that God is concerned about and says they're beginning to do this, and imagine the root of that word is image, idols, idolatry. Right? We think of imagination in a good way, but it's got a negative origin. Yeah. Okay. So today we use, oh, she's got a great imagination. Mm -hmm. You know, she's creative, she's smart, she's talented. Yeah. But back then, image, images were stone, wood, idols that men worshiped other gods with. So nothing would be restrained from them, which they have imagined to do. Their imagination is set in rebellion against God. So he says, verse 7, go to, let us go down and there confound their language. 
that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth, and they left off to build the city. The origin of all the languages of the world comes from Babel. Babylon means confusion. Right. So he mixed up the language, and nobody... You know, so imagine you were working alongside me, and we're building a, a, a part of the tower, uh -huh. and you and I are having a conversation, and all of a sudden you start speaking, and I don't understand a word you're saying. <laughs> And I'm the like, confusion. <laughs> Zena, what are you saying? And you're saying something in Greek, and I'm speaking in French. And we're like, what? And look at each other like we got lobsters <laughs> crawling out of our ears. And so naturally, you're going to think, i got to go find somebody that understands me. Yeah. And you're going to gravitate towards the people that speak the same language. Mm -hmm. And then once you're gravitating, the Lord moves everybody and separates them by geographical boundaries. There's actually a, a verse in the Bible that says, in the days of a man named Peleg, the earth was divided. So it's very possible that there was one big continent, and it got shifted and moved into Australia and South America and mm -hmm. Africa and all this. And the next thing you know, you're with people that speak the same language as you. Yeah. And you might have people in, let's say, let's pretend like you certainly speaking Egyptian, mm -hmm. which wasn't a language before. And now you've met other people that speak Egyptian, but you've got skilled builders and skilled priests and skilled governmental types, and, and they know how to write. And so your, your uh, uh, culture just appears out of nowhere. Hi, we hope you're enjoying the podcast, but I want to take a moment to remind you of something very important. There are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know. And the world is fast approaching the end game. And we want to expose the coming deception before time runs out. Freedom of speech is under attack and evil elements within governments and multinational corporations are trying to prevent you from learning the truth. Scott and I are being censored by social media platforms as we speak. This is true. So you can help us use the satanic global elites own tools against them. Subscribe to Bible Mysteries premium podcast so the controlled media can't shut us down. We can use our own platforms to help expose them and keep you informed. But to do that, we need your support. Help us to go full-time with Bible Mysteries. Just $7 a month gives you every current episode ad-free without these annoying appeals. You also get full access to our special guest interviews and special events, downloadable show notes, our Bible Mysteries monthly newsletter, and access to the community forum where we answer your questions. Just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com to help us stop the assault on Christianity and free speech. And don't forget, you can always donate any amount to support us at utbnow.com. These gifts are tax deductible. Thanks again, and here's the show. Like, there's no gradual uh, origin of hieroglyphics. Mm -hmm. It's Egypt fully formed as a, as a culture, just out of the blue. They just out of nowhere. They, yeah. There they were. I end up with a bunch of guys that speak German, and... We don't have anybody like that that's smart like you guys do. Uh -huh. We're we know how to hunt, and we know how to make uh, wool or uh, <laughs> skins out of clothes. So we go away and we go north, and we're living like barbarians for a while. <laughs> we can barely make huts, you know. So Stone Age people, right? Yeah, that's that's what we are. And you guys have this incredible advanced civilization. <laughs> And that's what happened. That's why you have all these weird cultural things going on at the same time. That makes sense. The confusion there.
So it says in verse 9, Therefore is the name of it, the city, called Babel, because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth, and from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. So now we know the story behind it, but remember, he was saying that they wanted to build a city that may reach unto heaven. And the word Babel literally means confusion by mixing. What were they trying to do to reach unto heaven? Do you remember what happened in Genesis chapter 6? The sons of God took the daughters of men? Yes, and they were mixing and they... So you think they were trying to build to go into the second heaven? They were trying to call them back. Men remembered the stories. That makes and so they much were giant. sense. So here's Nimrod, a mighty one in the earth. He could have been part giant for all we know. Right. And he might have been saying, I want my granddaddies to come back. Mm -hmm. You know. So I think they were calling the sons of God back. You'll recall that in Genesis 6, we'll read it just for, our, for the sake of our listeners here, that there was a, it came to pass that when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, this is before the flood, that daughters were born to them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, beautiful, and they took them wives of all which they chose. So the sons of God were fallen angels, you'll recall. They took wives of human women, mm -hmm. and the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh. Yet his days shall be in 120 years. And from the moment God said that, he gave mankind 120 years to alter his ways. Because, verse 4 says, there were giants in the earth in those days. Mm -hmm. And also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men of old, men of renown. Mighty men, like Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord. Mm -hmm. So he might have been a several generations removed giant. Right. Through, remember, um, Canaan, we know, mm -hmm. had possibly a giant DNA. Uh, because the Canaanites were giants. Mm -hmm. But also, we think that the lineage might have come through the wife of Ham. Well, yes. if Cush was another son of Ham, same mom. Very true. Same mother. So it's possible. that The Bible doesn't say that he was, and you'd think it would have said something. But he, he still means rebel, rebellion, and he's a type of Satan. He's a type of Antichrist. And Babel was the city. So is it possible that they remembered what happened before the flood? Because for you know a thousand years this was going on of sons of God taking the daughters of men. Mm -hmm. And these men became mighty giants. And all the battles that, that we think of in mythology, like the Titans and Mount Olympus and this and that, the legend of Gilgamesh and the Anunnaki and all the Sumerian mm -hmm. tales are based on that. So I think that they very much were uh, trying to get them to come back down. Now, did <clears throat> this happen before what happened in Solomon Gomorrah? Before, yeah, before. it was before. Okay. That's right. So, and Sodom and Gomorrah were actually two angels of God that went to get Lot out of there, and the men of Sodom were wicked, and they wanted to take them in, yeah. which were angels, okay. and have relations with them. So I think just that, that predominant attitude was still around, and, and I, like I said, we talked about this before when we talked about angels and UFOs. Those angels that did take wives were destroyed in the flood and put in chains in the bottomless pit. Mm -hmm. So the other angels didn't want to do that. Yeah. So even though men were crying out for them to come back, the angels were thinking, we got to find another way to do this. Yeah. Because I don't want to end up in change right? again <laughs> in the bottomless pit. So it looks like maybe the whole idea of UFOs is actually fallen angels doing genetic experiments, mm -hmm. trying to find a way to mingle with the seed of men again. Right. But not violate God's ordinance. I know. Just imagine 30 feet. 
men uh, walking around. Like crazy. What are you doing? Like how big are their feet? Oh, can you imagine? <laughs> you know, you think if you stood next to Shaq, you would look like a tiny, tiny person. Right. You know, I mean, I wouldn't come up to his waist. And he's a little giant. <laughs> if you don't go up to his waist and I'm like at his kneecaps. <laughs> he's a big man. But I like Shaq. I don't want to say he's a giant. I think he's a great guy. So um, nothing good ever came out of Shinar. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, we call it the cradle of civilization. You know, a lot of people think that's where humanity started. And in a sense, it did. You know, after the flood, that's where they settled. But uh, everything about Shinar seems to have a negative connotation in the Bible. Right. You know, so we know about this tower, Babel. We also can go to the book of Daniel. And in Daniel chapter 1, Israel's captive in Babylon. God had allowed Nebuchadnezzar to conquer them because Israel turned to idolatry. Mm -hmm. They worshiped these gods. Right. And he's so, like, no, no. Yeah, that's right. So God carried them captive for 70 years. But the book opens with the statement, in the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar to the house of his God. And he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God. So when Nebuchadnezzar conquered Jerusalem, they destroyed the temple and took all of God's implements, the Ark of the Covenant and mm -hmm. all the gold and silver vessels and everything, and brought them into the house of his God. Can you imagine? God's implements in the house of another idol. Yeah. In Shinar. So Shinar was certainly a place where other gods were worshipped. Mm -hmm. And then another passage in the book of Zechariah you're, I'm going to have to really stretch your memory for this one because we actually talked about this, and uh, you might recall it when we get into this because we got some. We were talking about UFOs and we were talking about the EFA and the flying roll. Yes, you remember that? I do remember that. In uh, Zechariah, it says, "Then the angel talked with me. He went forth and said to me, Lift up now thine eyes and see what is this that goeth forth.'" And I said, "What is it?" And he said, "This is an EFA that goeth forth." And we discussed it's a measure. It's like a basket shape, mm -hmm. and it's sort of like a saucer shape, you know. And uh, he said, moreover, this is their resemblance through all the earth. So there's a lot of them. And behold, there was lifted up a town of lead, and this is a woman that sitteth in the midst of the ephah. So the town of lead is almost as though it turned a lid up, like a, a covering of a basket, uh -huh. like a lid on a basket. And they lifted it up, and there's a woman in there. And he said, this is wickedness. So the woman may be a prophetic precursor to what we're going to talk about in the next week's episode, which is called Mystery Babylon, because we're going to find out there's a woman in the Bible that is the city, Mystery Babylon. Oh. I'll show you how it ties in. It says this is wickedness. So all we know is there's a woman in this basket or the ephah, and it's wickedness. Mm -hmm. And he casts it into the midst of the ephah. And he cast the weight of lead upon the mouth thereof. It's like he threw something in and he closed it. Then I lifted I up mine eyes and looked, and behold, there came out two women, and the wind was in their wings, for they had wings like the wings of a stork. They appeared to be some sort of an angel. Yeah. And female angels at that. And they lifted up the ephah between the earth and the heaven, so it's flying. Then said I to the angel that talked with me, whither do these bear the ephah? Where are they taking it? Yeah. And he said unto me to build it and house in the land of Shinar, and it shall be established and set there upon her own base. So you think about a base like a landing base, yeah. a landing pad. So it's possible 
that he was seeing a UFO, and it's it, there's there could be something to the fact that at some point uh, when Satan comes down and he's cast down, he comes and he appears in these crafts, mm-hmm. you know, and he's going to establish his city on the earth, and it's called Mystery Babylon, the mother of harlots. And we know that Babylon's in the land of Shinar. So something about Shinar is there. Maybe it's like a, a landing station. Do you remember when we interviewed Ryan Peterson, the judgment of the Nephilim? Yes. And he talked about the Jordan River being like the Area 51 of mm-hmm. angelic activity. Well, land between two rivers is Shinar. Rivers seem to be associated with angelic appearances right. throughout the Bible. Good angels and possibly bad angels use it as a conduit to come in. And we're reading a lot of these reports about declassified UFOs and things, and they can go in the water. They come up out of the water and they, they take off like lightning. Yeah. So UFOs are kind of like submarines. They are. And they, there actually is a word for that. Like UFO is unidentified flying object. Mm-hmm. And it might be something like USO, unidentified submersible object. Oh, you know. They're just really fancy. And they're finding out that all these crafts can do both, you know. Way do we get into talking about secret bases in Antarctica? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) It's crazy. So Shinar is proving to be something that seems to be wicked and associated with rebellion. Yeah. Defying God. uh, You know, river portals, perhaps. Very satanic area. Yeah. Exactly. And it's not the only one. There's another satanic area that's, that's a high concentration of those kind of energies mm-hmm. in Nepal and Tibet. Yeah, crazy stuff. Uh, but remember, there, there's a verse in um, Ephesians chapter 6 about principalities and powers. Because what we're doing is we want to talk about the satanic global elite, but we're going back to see their evidence, their history. So we got a history of a man named Nimrod beginning a global united government in Babel. Mm -hmm. One language, one culture, all united together. God divided nations. He wanted difference. He wanted diversity. He wanted languages and nations and peoples to be different. And, uh, and that's how we will always be forever in the new heaven and the new earth. You know, that is the God's plan all along that genetic coding for all of us to have unique traits. God put there. It's the devil that wants to unify everybody Mm -hmm. into a single rebellious entity against God. That's what he's trying to do. So uh, the power behind the throne is Satan and his angels. Those, those, those. Just <laughs> cannot just get rid of them. Well, God will. He, he's already won the war, but the battle rages on. So, so back when in Paul, the apostle wrote in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Our battle is not with humans. It's not with people, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And the high places is a reference to where the idols uh, things were set up in the Old Testament. They, they burned down the high places. So it was like temples and groves and things where they worshipped all these gods. Mm-hmm. Well, these people in positions of power according to Luke chapter 4, and the devil said, I can give this power to whoever I want to. Yeah. They are in the high places, all right? They are an occult group of people that actually worship Satan in an outright, straightforward, in-your-face kind of way. But, of course, they've always had to hide that. So the day is coming when they're stepping out from behind the shadows. 
They're coming out to say, the time is right. We can be revealed. We are the ten kings. Mm -hmm. They're going to rule with the Antichrist and give our power to the beast. So they're getting ready to step out into the main stage. You know, Of course, they're not going to come out and say, we're, we worship the beast. Yeah. They're going to come out in a deceptive way. We're, the, we're going to bring you the greatest thing since sliced bread. You know, we're, going to, we're going to give you this new technology or whatever. They're going to do something that's going to make the world think they're good. Mm -hmm. They're going to bring order out of the chaos. And the world doesn't know they're creating the chaos. Right. So they can appear to be the rescuers. You know. Yeah, the vigilantes are like, look, we're saving you from what we started. But these people uh, are just like Nimrod. You know, Nimrod and his uh, global elites were trying to build this tower in defiance against God. Well, the people today that are doing the same thing, just as they were defeated and God scattered them abroad, he's got plans for them too. So the good news is they're, they're going to have an ultimate demise. And we're going to read about the judgment of the high ones. The high places, the high ones. Mm -hmm. So we go first to Isaiah chapter 24, and we're going to wrap this up pretty quickly here. So Isaiah 24 is a very interesting chapter because it's God saying to the earth, here's my plans for you. <laughs> so we start in verse 1 because he says, Behold, the Lord maketh the earth empty and maketh it waste and turneth it upside down and scattereth abroad the inhabitants thereof. We're going to read another verse in a minute that says the earth is going to reel to and fro like a drunkard. Many people believe that when God starts judging the earth, he's going to shift the poles and north is going to be south. Because you think of the earth reeling to and fro like a drunkard. Imagine the entire sphere of the planet flipping upside down. Do you think we'd feel it? Well, you wouldn't feel it like you would as if you were standing on uh, like a merry-go-round or, or a, no, a Ferris wheel, you know. <laughs> and all of a sudden I'm at the bottom, now I'm yeah. at the top. You, know? you wouldn't feel it like that because the entire planet's shifting. But imagine the, the seismic repercussions yeah. Of, of earthquakes and tidal waves and uh, Ooh. cataclysms, Ooh, weather patterns. so scary. Yeah, yeah. So it's coming. It's coming. And it's coming because it's judgment against the earth and for its wickedness, but because all the people are going to follow these high ones. Mm. So ultimately, that's the focus of God's wrath. So we'll skip on down to, he says, he scattered abroad the inhabitants thereof. Well, he did that in Babel, right? Yes. So he's going to scatter them again. So imagine if they were all moved out of place to suddenly these people that were congregating because they speak the same language are now in another country. Oh, my goodness. It's going to happen again. Could you just imagine that? Like if we got moved to Fr like France, we'd be like, uh, like <laughs> what? what? <laughs> so chaos and confusion that the Lord is going to rain down because it's the time of his wrath. So this whole chapter is about that. So it starts off pretty bad. The Lord makes the earth empty, <laughs> turns it upside down, scatters abroad the inhabitants. But it gets worse. Verse 3 says, The land shall be utterly emptied and utterly spoiled, for the Lord hath spoken this word. The earth mourneth and fadeth away. The world languisheth and fadeth away. The haughty people of the earth do languish. Haughty means proud, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the earth... Uh, uh, also is defiled under the inhabitants thereof because they've transgressed the laws, changed the ordinance, broken the everlasting covenant. Therefore hath the curse devoured the earth, and they that dwell therein are desolate. Therefore the inhabitants of the earth are burned and few men left. So the, the time of Jacob's trouble is coming. That's what's, that's what's going to end this reign of these global elites, the satanic elites, and okay. the Antichrist as their leader, and Satan is that God's going to put everything right. 
and to fix it, he's going to renovate the earth. I mean, it's going to burn up. It's going to shift all around. It's going to be a mess. And there's going to be few people left when he's done with it. So people worry about global warming. I'm not worried about global warming. Me either. Compared to this. I, <laughs> but really, I'm like, oh. That is not. And see, and in a sense, when you think about it, it's my opinion, that the idea of global warming is almost trying to unify the world to bring together a global government because only a global government can control us destroying the planet. Mm -hmm. It's almost the same thing as the Tower of Babel. It's like they're coming together, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the earth. Right. God said he's going to scatter us again, and they're saying, no, we got to come together. Right, come together. We need to be one. I'm like, nah, it's okay. I'm going to go here. <laughs> so don't fall for it. All right, and then later on in the same chapter, verse 19, the more details that don't sound good. <laughs> the earth is utterly broken down. The earth is clean dissolved. The earth is moved exceedingly. The earth shall reel to and fro like a drunkard and shall be removed like a cottage. And the transgression thereof shall be heavy upon it, and it shall fall and not rise again. And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall punish the host of the high ones that are on high, and the kings of the earth upon the earth. And they shall be gathered together as prisoners are gathered in the pit, and shall be shut up in the prison. And after many days shall they be visited. He's talking about the fallen angels and the satanic global elite. The angels go into the pit. And the prisoners are, are, the, are the men, they go into hell. And they're going to be, because they're going to be destroyed when the Lord comes to fix the mess they've made. Wow. They're trying to be the saviors of humanity. Mm -hmm. And God is saying, no, you need to trust me. So that's what's coming. And it says, uh, the last verse, then the moon shall be confounded and the sun ashamed when the Lord of hosts shall reign in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem before his ancients gloriously. He's coming back, right? He's coming back. So um, the... Back up to one passage that I skipped, and it says this. In verse 10, the city of confusion is broken down. The city of confusion. Do you remember what the word Babel means? Uh, confusion mixture. Something yes, like confusion. <laughs> so the city of confusion is broken down. Babylon is going to be destroyed in all this. And what we're going to find out is there's a city coming, and it's Babylon. Mm -hmm. And it's part of something that's at work right now called the mystery of iniquity. So we're Bible mysteries, right? You're taking the red pill, right? Right. So the mystery of iniquity. And we talked about iniquity before, but I'm going to leave our listeners for today's episode with a thought to consider because we're going to go into more details about mystery Babylon next week. So there's the mystery of iniquity, and it's another book that Paul wrote. It's 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And verse 6, where we read, And now you know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. Now that's a strange cryptic passage. Yes. And we're going to go into more detail about it later. So what, what does he mean, he, he taken out of the way? But I can tell you right now that the people of God in the world today that are the target or enemy of the high ones, the global satanic elite. We are delivered from the wrath to come. Mm -hmm. The wrath that's coming on them and the wicked in the world is not falling right now. The reason it's not falling is because you and I, people that are the children of God, are preventing it from happening. Yeah. As long as we're here, God can't pour his wrath out. It's think like if you went, if you in another country, if the United States and Russia get into it and they start 
Diplomacy breaks down, mm -hmm. and you know the nuclear weapons are about to launch. I know. <clears throat> well, you get your ambassadors out of there. And people that are saved today are called the ambassadors of Christ because we're here on a enemy territory, mm -hmm. you know. So we're going to be taken out of the way. And once we're gone, all hell breaks loose. That's what's coming. So the next episode, we're going to see how the mystery of iniquity is already working to set the stage for mystery Babylon to come into power. And you're going to be shocked to find out what that is, what city that is, and how it's going to become the financial center of the whole world through the satanic global elites. <laughs> I wonder if it's a city in California. <laughs> You'd think. A lot of people think it is New York, whatever, but we're going to find out, Lord willing, next week that it's none of those. It's not New York. What? It's not California. It's not even London. It's all in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> it's Austin. No. <laughs> I knew it. So I just thank you all for being here. And Zine, it's so good to have you back. Thank you guys for having me back. Yes, so if you guys enjoy our podcast, please subscribe, like, and share with anyone that you know, and then leave a comment down below something new that you've learned in our podcast. I know I had no idea about all the scriptures in Isaiah. That really blew my mind. That's awesome. And, you know, there's another thing I want to remind our listeners, too. Our website, utbnow.com, U-T-B, short for Unlock the Bible utbnow.com. You can you can write me. We have an email there. And I would love to know topics you would like to, for us to discuss. If you've got questions, send them on. We'll turn them into episodes, and we would love to hear from you. So until yes. next week, have a great one. Bye, guys. And Happy New Year. Yes, Happy New Year. Thank you for listening today. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to Bible Mysteries and share it with a friend. If you want to learn more, you can go to Unlock the Bible Now. That's utbnow.com. Thanks again for listening, and don't forget to subscribe to Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast. You can even gift a subscription to a friend. That's right. Remember, just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com to join and help us expose the satanic global elite, or make a tax-deductible donation at utbnow.com. We need your help to fight the global censorship of the truth. Thanks for your support.